to Bibby, has the open shot. Welcome to the King's Insider Podcast on CSNCalifornia.com. Sponsored by Max Muscle Sports Nutrition. Introducing your host, Sacramento King's Insider, James Ham. Welcome to the King's Insider Podcast. I am James Ham. Joining me, as always, Mr. Doug Christie. And I'm hoping I'm holding the microphone correctly. Am I Ham? Tell me. Look at me. Am you're, I holding this mic right? You're holding it right. Okay. You're holding it right. Excellent. Uh, we are here at the NBC Sports Studios in San Francisco, California. We didn't drive together, so we can't do a car cast. This uh, is true. Yeah, that's true. So a little different. You're getting some studio play here today. Sacramento Kings are about to take on the Detroit Pistons in Detroit, the last game of their three-game road trip. Doug, does this seem to you like – They've had an awful lot of three-game road trips already. Yeah, they're getting out on the road uh, an awful lot, but it, I guess with the starting 10 days earlier, yep. no four and five nights, or you only get one or something like that. Uh, they, that they don't have one. They, they don't have one at all? they have I, five and seven nights. Five and seven nights. Which is brutal. So with that schedule, I think we're going to see a lot of oddities, if that's a – is that a word? Yeah, I, yeah. it is. Oddities? Yeah. Okay, thank we'll you We'll go much. with it. We'll go with that. If not, we've just coined it. Uh, I think we will see that in, in schedules as we move forward. So even though it's early, you know, these are the things that a young team has to figure it out. No excuses, Ham. No excuses. So the Kings play two at home this week after. Yes. And then they go back out on another three-game road trip. Their third we'll three-game <laughs> road trip of the early season. <laughs> it's a little strange, though. They, uh, It feels like they haven't been able to catch their breath at all. When you look at their offensive output uh, over the last three games, 83 points, 83 points, 86 points. That would be an average of 84 points. Yeah, that, yeah. What what is going wrong, Doug? Uh, I don't see pace, uh, and I don't mean pace just like running randomly. I mean pace like pushing the ball, even if the defense is set and moving quickly in the half court sets, definitive motions, uh, passing and cutting with purpose, those type of things, and that leads to bad offense normally. And what I mean by that, Ham, is a lot of the times we'll see the ball uh, wrapped around the outside, meaning passed around the outside of the three point line, as opposed to slashing cuts and passes that are trying to be offensive, um, if that makes sense. And that just it, – it'll lead you to, in this league, 84, 85, 1984, 85 yeah. type of <laughs> offense. Yeah, it does feel like old school Knicks offense, right? It yeah. ground, grind it out, uh, slow ugly. it down. It is ugly. I think the one thing that – the first couple of games of the season, they weren't ugly. They, they right. were mostly losses, but mm-hmm. they still didn't feel just completely ugly. Now what we're seeing is I think it's the worst possible out, outcome, really. It's, it's bad basketball, but it's also not fun to, to watch, watch basketball. Yeah. Um, how do you snap out of that? Because, I mean, you've talked about you want to see their defense better. I've talked about I want to see their offense get better. Uh, and for me, offense leads to good defense. Defense leads to good offense. It, it's, you know, two part of the same half. Yep. Um, but if you can't stop anybody, I mean, if you can't put the ball in the hole – 
then the other team is running back on you at all times. And I think that's kind of what I've seen so far. And, you know, a bunch of young guys, they think they're offensive weapons and they come out struggling. And now who are you as a player? What do you do if, if all you've ever made your career as is as an offensive weapon? Yeah. You, you have to – you said two parts of the same coin. So you got to yeah. stop somebody to set your defense. But that's not an excuse because transition defense is a part of basketball and you're not always going to make shots. What needs to happen for the Kings, in my estimation, is the ability to play for each other. We see two players that I think – kind of signify that and that's De'Aaron Fox and that's Bogdan Bogdanovich meaning that they are playmakers playmakers they get into the key they'll kick it out they'll get guys wide open shots of those type of things what I don't think we're seeing a lot of ham is easy buckets meaning back doors. We've seen Willie drop a couple of dimes. We've seen De'Aaron throw the ball over the top, use his speed, get some layups, but there's too few and far between. Easy buckets build confidence. They build apprehension in the defense, meaning that if you get an easy bucket on a back door, the next time you make that back door fake cut, now you're going to get open for a wide open pass, which is that those are the type of things that help you out. So that's Part of what I see is the inability for the Kings to help each other, whether that's passing, whether it's cutting, whether it's screening, to help each other get easy shots. Yeah, it does seem like everything has become difficult. Yes. A- and and it almost feels like as it gets more difficult, then it even gets more difficult. <laughs> and, and, and it starts to <laughs> snowball on you. And it's like at some point it can't be this difficult. That's not what the game of basketball is. It's, it's an easy game. To, it's supposed to be this beautiful, fluid game. Uh, but, again – you you mentioned Bogdanovich and mm-hmm. Fox. Yes, it's pretty clear they're the backcourt of the future, right? Yes, I would I would think so. I, I would think not only youth but also um, stylistically. Meaning, yeah. I think Coach Yeager wants an up tempo, or he wants to see more up tempo. Well, you're going to get that with Fox. Uh, you're going to get aggressive defense shooting the passing lanes with Fox. That means aggressive on the defensive end. Then you look at Bogdanovich, who is, a, I think, a really solid team defender because you don't really have lockdown defenders anymore in the NBA. It's more of a, a really good team concept, with the exception of a Patrick Beverly or a, a Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so when you look at, at Fox and Bogdanovich, and then Bogdanovich also the ability to play make, create for his teammates, pass and cut, those are all, I think, the staples of hopefully what the vision of Sacramento Kings basketball is. Okay, so you and I have a varying uh, opinion on this, but for me, what I would like to see is for Jaeger to strip this thing down to eight or nine players mm-hmm. and to to get to the basics, uh, have mostly veterans with, you know, maybe, maybe split halfway, four veterans uh, four young players. Oh, schnuckers, Ham. And, and really on. get to the basics and, and try to get something flowing, to try to get the offense moving, try to get the defense all pulling on a line, and then start peppering in players here and there to add to it once you get the team back on the right path. Um, why is that, in your opinion, why do you not like that idea? Because what I think happens is you stunt the growth of some of these young players that need to go through the ups and downs. Do we know what Zebo's going to do? Yes. Do we know what Garrett's going to do? Yes. Do we know what uh, Costa Kufis is going to do? And Yeah, we, I get it. Uh, but we need to find out what Frank Mason and De'Aaron Fox and Malachi Richardson and Willie Colley-Stein and Scow, what are they going to do in these tough situations? And – 
is it optimal to play 10, 11 guys? No, it is not. But that's the situation that the Kings are in. And I don't think that we want to go into next season still trying to figure out who is Scal Labesia, who is Willie Colley-Stein. Uh, can Buddy Hill deliver whether it's a starting role or off the bench? These are things that have to be defined. And if you go with the veterans, I don't think that you're going to find that out in, anytime soon. So that would be I- the stunning of the growth. And I know it, it's a fine line because listening to what you're saying, you're like, I, yeah, I, yeah. T- I totally get it. My concern is you're building a losing culture. It's that you're letting the losing seep in. I mean, you've already lost six in a row. You're one and seven. But on you season. can lose without having a losing culture. But have they lost and not looked just absolutely horrific? Because <laughs> no. I mean, that's the they thing. They have. Like, yes, I agree. I, I want to see them if they do lose. Okay. I want to see progress each and every time. Yes. I think the way that they're losing, you can't see progress or no progress because it's so muddied. It's so, uh, it's so bad. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in all honesty, it's it's just not good. Uh, not good motion, not good uh, defense, not good rotations on defense, uh, poor communication, uh, poor shots. I don't even think you can even say poor shot selection. I mean, these guys are running up, and it's like somebody put a lid on the basket every time they go up for a shot. And I feel for them because, you know, you have career guys who, who know how to shoot the basketball, and it's not going to – I think the one guy you can point to and say he's not having any problems shooting the ball is De'Aaron Fox. And he's the youngest kid out there that's playing. The rest of the guys really are struggling. Even so, you feel like sorry Hill. for him. Come on, Ham. No, I don't feel no sorry. No one's for gonna him. feel for you. This I, is the NBA, my friend. No one cares. You gotta figure it out on the fly. The systematic approach. If they take Jaeger's systematic approach, you do or you don't. And if you don't, you sit down for a while and you watch, and then you get another opportunity. And you gotta you gotta pick up full court. You gotta visibly get after people. Similar to what we're gonna see tonight with this Detroit Pistons team. You're gonna see yeah. a handsy team, a team that has hands in the passing lane. They get after you. I was watching some film a second ago, and I was excited, like physically excited, Ham. I'm telling you, they have, <laughs> they all five guys are touching their opponent at one time. I was just like, oh my god, that is awesome. So that and you know, Jaeger, Jaeger knows what he's doing, and he knows how to do it. Now they just have to go out there and do it, and I, that's the frustrating part for Coach Yeager. If I, if I feel for anybody, I feel for Coach Yeager. Yeah, yeah. Not not the not the team because the team. This is what you get paid to do, and you got to go figure it out, and they will. Yeah, I think they will too. I just don't want them to get the boulder to be too heavy, and I don't want this to be a 17-win team or a or a 21-win team because I think that does start to really wear on some players. So. If you are a 17 or 21 win team, but you're picking up full court and you're doing it the right way, there's something to be said for that. If you're a 17 or a 21 win team and you look just like crap, that's totally different, Ham. There are two <laughs> different there are two different sides because the culture is being built that we're going to play the right way. We're going to do it. And if you play the right way and you do it the right way and you lose and you only win that many games, I can live with that. Yeah, I think when you talk about that, I'd even say, like, I watch Buddy Heald and – I don't think he's playing without energy. I think he's playing hard. I think he's doing the things that he's he thinks he needs to do. Um, I also think he's missing shots. I also think that his limitations are, are showing up more and more every time, his limitations right. as a passer, mm-hmm. his limitations defensive, defensively. I think they really are showing up more and more. 
And so I can't really fault his effort or his energy level. Uh, the only thing I can fault is that he's not making shots, and, and that happens. You go through stretches. It's not because he's not taking extra shots after practice because I know Buddy Heald shooting four or 500 times every single day. But how do you, how do you sort of push them down a path that makes sense? So when you, t when you talk about Buddy like on the defensive end, Ham, what, what Buddy needs to learn is he's not going to be a lockdown defender. So what do you do? You depend on your teammates. That's mm -hmm. team defense. So that means you got to be a little bit more of a connoisseur, of a studier of the game of basketball to know where your help's at. That means that I can't see Vlade, for instance, but I can hear him, and yeah. I know where he's at. So now I'm funneling, and I didn't depend on Vlade and those guys all the time because I was a better defender. But when I did, I need to know they're there, and I need to hear them. So if Buddy's guarding somebody and he's trying to lock them up, that's not good. What you need to do is say, can I hear where my help is? And if I can't, then during the timeout, I need to go, hey, man, someone needs to talk to me back there because I don't hear anything. Because I remember the play you're talking about when a guy went by him on the baseline. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He needs to know my help is on the baseline. So actually, I want you to go that way because I know that there is help there. And again, these are little tiny things, but this is what the culture is ultimately going to be about. Y you can't tell me that Bogdan is that much faster than Buddy on the defensive end. No, he. But he's, he's quite a better defender. Yeah, his basketball IQ is off exactly. the charts. Exactly. Sides of the ball. So he that means he takes quick peeks. He looks around. He knows where his help is. He's funneling his offensive guy to to where he needs to go. And those are the things that you gotta be a connoisseur when you're watching tape and all those things. And then you said it, communication. You gotta communicate out there. Communication. And when you're looking at the Detroit Pistons, you, you said you watch film of them. I watch yeah. some film of them, too. Mm -hmm. They're a lot of fun to watch oh boy. on the defensive end. On the yeah. offensive end, you know, it's, Not so much. it's a little bit of a, a grind. <laughs> it's, it's Stan Van Gundy. Yes, it's old it New York is. Nick style. That's right. Um, but it's a, it's a team that's been together. You yep. know, for most of these guys, it's three years together. Yeah, And they've all started all nine games, the same starters all nine games. Something's yeah. to be said for that. And I think something is to be said for that. But at the same time, I don't think Dave Yeager has – I don't think he has five NBA starters. No. I mean, in all honesty, at this point in their career, I don't think he has five guys you can point to and say, you would start for almost any team in the league. Right. You know, you point at George Hill, he would start for almost any team in mm -hmm. the league. A and then you start, you know, hedging your bets, like whether Zebo could or could not start mm -hmm. or whether De'Aaron Fox might be a starter eventually. So I, I think it's a bit of a struggle to, to figure out a lineup that works. But I think one of the other things we've seen in this season so far is – Jaeger out of the necessity, he's had, add, he's had to add more playmakers to a starting lineup. Yes. Because clearly he didn't have enough playmakers to start. So we see the game where Bogdanovich and, and Garrett Temple start. But now what have you done to your second team? Because De'Aaron Fox was playing with those two guys, and they were actually gelling pretty well with them and Scal and Costa. They were starting – you know, we talked about their uh, the bench is the highest scoring bench in the league. Mm -hmm. But now you've broken up half the benches with the starters. Half the starters are, are with the bench. How difficult is that to find continuity when things are moving, all the pieces are moving at all times? It is absolutely probably the most difficult thing that you can do. Uh, that's why I said, do I feel for coach? Yeah, I do, because that is the gumbo that is uh, right now the Sacramento Kings, and you're trying to find ways to get guys involved. But a lot of the times, I think, because the basketball IQs are lower and they're improving daily, because Coach, whenever we have him on the radio show, myself and Grant, he, he talks about teaching 
And I, I love hearing it because I love picking his brain about the teaching aspect of it. But when you're teaching players, that means that they're not playing basketball. They're thinking. And thinking in the NBA, like I always say, if you see it, it's not there. you got to read it. Yeah. And so coaches having to set up plays and call stuff as opposed to guys passing and cutting and, and figuring it out out of a set. I'll call a set. The set is corner, for instance. But out of that set, we're just playing. But he's kind of like saying corner four. That means yeah. the, the ball's going to Zebo and everyone knows. And that is, it, you know, the, the game is going away from that, in my opinion. The game more is your Houston, your Golden State. Reactionary. Even, it, it's reactionary. What's in front of you, you see it, you read it. And my other four teammates are seeing that from a different vantage point and trying to help me to best circumvent that. Now, when you look at the Kings, though, they don't have a group of players that, A, have been in the league long mm -hmm. enough or – B, have been together long enough right. where they can start reading and reacting like that. So how do you get around that? Because, like, when I'm watching, let's say, Golden State, and, and Jordan Bell is flying all over the place and doing amazing things, and it's fun to watch, but now, at the same time. Now, you know we both saw Jordan Bell in a workout, and he did not look, but now he's playing with a whole bunch of guys who know how to play, so he looks great. Well, yeah, and, and also he's being told to do one thing. Just go attack the rim. Every single time a ball goes up, you just go attack the rim. So, yes, sir. So it's really simple. I mean, and, and we talked a little bit about this before. Uh, when you look at Detroit, they brought in two Sacramento Kings from last year, Langston Galloway, and they brought in Anthony Tolliver. And Eric all, Moreland. And they have Eric Moreland. But uh, when you really look at Tolliver and, and Langston Galloway, mm -hmm. they're almost luxury items in the NBA. They're, they're something that you need, but they fit with that team because coming off the bench, you need a pure shooter at the, at the four. You need a pure shooter at the two uh, because you already have these pieces in place. How long does it take to realize what your pieces are and to get them in place and how close do you think the Kings are? Because as of right now, it sure doesn't look like we know – what uh, we know what two of their pieces are going forward maybe yeah. maybe three pieces because i think scalabisier has done enough to say he's the third piece to the 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 group here with De'Aaron fox and and with bogdan but the rest of the pieces are just like you're throwing guys in yeah. up against a wall how how long does that take it, it's it's different for everybody uh, what's the kid's name out of Kentucky that's the power forward uh, Randall for the Lakers yep when he's drafted everyone's thinking oh he's gonna play a play a play 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 and now he's on the bench he's coming off the bench because see part of it is you don't know what they are but part of it is they don't know what they are I as hear well you there. Yeah. and th and they have to go through the grind to find out and and l let me say it this way also. They have to find out, Ham, what they are, but then they also have to find out who they're willing to be, meaning that am I going to get up at 6 before practice? Am I going to get my work in? Am I going to try to be the best version of myself and turn over every rock, or am I going to be kind of cool with where I fall in and I'm a rotational player? And So you don't know they don't know, and that puts you in a precarious situation. Sometimes it can fast forward faster. Sometimes it takes a guy. I mean, it, I always come back to you found myself and Bobby and Scott and different guys who got here. It took us a while to garner some knowledge, garner some skill, and then really start to figure it out. So with this team, it, it, it could be a second. Or you could have a, a player like De'Aaron that just absolutely starts to – 
to rise, and he takes people with him as he starts to rise. Uh, you got guys like Bogdan, who we talked about earlier. Can he help teach his players how to play a really good style of basketball? Last time we were on air, uh, when the Kings uh, lost to Boston, was it? Yeah. Is that to Boston? Uh, we talked about how they can help each other. Mm-hmm. And that is, Bobby and I did it with one-on-one. And a bigger defender, smaller guy, smaller guy, bigger defender. And learning how to, so they have to, and it has to be outside, in my opinion, of what the coach gives you. Because if you only do what the coach gives you, Ham, you're only going to go so far. The coach gives you what the coach gives you, but then you also have to have a desire and, and a burning fire to go learn on your own. And that's where all of that starts to cook. So when you ask the question, how long? I don't know. It it, it, you, it could be fast. It could be slow. Yeah. I, I've long said that the, the worst thing about young players is that they all think that they're the next Michael <laughs> Jordan. I, I mean, it's the problem. I mean, like, yeah. I'm looking at a guy like Malachi Richardson. I don't want him to watch tape of, of 20-point scores. I want him to watch tape every single day of Shane Battier playing defense. That's what I want is, like, if you're going to make it in the league, go be something specific, and then maybe we can build from there. That's the recipe. Uh, Pat Riley told me that. He said, find something that you do really well. My thing wasn't defense. I came out of the college scoring 20 points a game and with all athleticism and different things, and could I still do it? Yeah. But I found a specific area that I could be helpful in, and I said, okay, well, now that, that gets the hook in. Yeah. Now, once you got the hook in, what you want to do with that and how high you want to go with that, you work on all the other stuff. Uh, I mean, we could go down the line of so many different players who develop, like Charles Oakley. When Charles Oakley was in New York, he developed a really good 17-foot jump shot. Yeah, he became but one he, of the best jump shooters in the game. Yeah, yeah, but he was not that when he started. He was no. a banger, rebounder, hustler. He still did that part, mm-hmm. but then he slowly added this other piece, and that starts to take you up the, uh, the proverbial ladder. Yeah, and you talk about him, and Kurt Thomas was there. Kurt Thomas, I think he's the first player to lead the NCAA yes. in scoring and rebounding. Yep. And he did it twice. Yep. And then he gets to the pros, it's like, hey, man, you're a, you're a brute. That's all you're, you're Charles Oakley pre-jump shot. That's what you are. Yeah. And so it's that Are you willing? Yeah, the yes. willingness to accept the role. That's and right. for me, that's something that we're not seeing – wholeheartedly from all 11 or 12 kings that are playing. Now, that piece takes a second. It does. Because the realization that this is what it is when you got a lot of people and agents and different people chirping in your ear, it it, it takes a second to to figure. And it's not saying that you're locked in and that's what you're going to be. But right now, at this particular time, this is what you need to do to help this particular team. If you have enough skills to do a lot of different things. Yeah, because it, it's one of the knocks that I've always put on John Calipari. Mm. Um, I think John Calipari gets the best athletes in the world. He gets the best college player, the best high school players to come and play for him. But then he limits what they do 100%. I mean, you can go through the list of point guards, Derek Rose, uh, Tyreek Evans, uh, but think John about Wall. It. All they do is rim run. All they do is run right at the, their inline drivers. They attack, attack, attack. And then you've got your big that he chains to the basket. And then 
you know, so basically he, he makes their job like very, very small because he's only got them for a year. That's what I was going to say. Not even a year. You got them for like eight months. Yeah. So am I going to go in and try to, I'm going to give you some fundamentals, but am I going to teach you all the stuff that you need to know that would take us four years to build and you're a senior? Or am I going to use the one thing or two things maybe for really good players that you have that can help this team and I just I point okay I need this I need that I need this I need that and I can get that out of five guys and I put them together and you see John many many times struggling with convincing his players yeah that this is what you need to do for us and this team a lot of the times when his teams start out in Kentucky it starts out a little slow and a little rough but by the end boy oh boy he's got them rocking and rolling well, yeah, but then you get players into the league, and it's almost like they throw all that out the window, and all of a sudden they can do so much more. I mean, we see, you know, sort of the Demarcus Cousins yes. effect. When he was at at Kentucky, all he did was sit underneath the basket and score score hoops. And now you see he's got a three point shot. He's one of the great rebounders in the game. He's yeah. he's one of the great ball handling handling bigs that right. we've ever seen in the game. But so, you pair him with John Wall. Why do I need you to handle the ball? No, that's true. <laughs> so, so you do that thing that you do. Now, the ability that you can do all this other stuff, Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. is great. When you get to that next level, work on it. That's that's pretty much what he's saying. And it's interesting because we'll segue to Willie Cauley-Stein. Because okay. for me, it feels like Willie should know more than he does for a guy who spent three years in college. But if every year is Groundhog Day and yep. your coach is starting at the beginning and only teaching one thing – then it's almost like you were just taught one thing three times as opposed to you were allowed to grow in the system and develop more game and, and develop all these things. And then he gets into the pros, and he thinks he's Carl Anthony Towns. He thinks he's DeMarcus Cousins, and he, he's got all this offensive game where, again, if you need to – he really should be stripped down to what that player he was in the beginning, do that really well, and then maybe we, we let you do these other things. And it's just – for me, he's a lost player. Like, mentally, he's – He's confused at who and what he should be again year three in the NBA. And I think it's kind of the same thing that started with college. He always started over again every year with uh, the same mindset. But then, you know, what can I do to help out more? And how do you how do you sort of set that straight and, and get a guy on the right path? You know, it, it's the drive and desire of a player to on their own time. Do you live, sleep, eat, drink? Is this what you do all the time? And it, not to say that you don't have a life, but nah, I mean, really, when you look at the great ones, they, they, they do this. This is what they do, and this is how they do it. When I look at Willie, I see a whole bunch of talent, almost too much talent, because he has athleticism and size, and he has good hands and all these different things. But like you said, can you lock it into one, and then on your downtime and away time, man, Stay in the gym. Live in the gym if that's what you want to do. And each time you come back, because imagine this. If you're getting 10, 15 rebounds a game, that means you got 10 or 15 chances that you can grab the ball and put it down once or twice if you can. Yeah. And that's how DeMarcus slowly did his. He grabbed it, and then all of a sudden he's bringing it the whole way and pulling <laughs> up at three. I mean, and that didn't happen until year five. Yeah. So it, it's, it's on, in, in my opinion, it's on the player to develop themselves, spend the time, spend the hours, break it all down on the fundamental side of things and make sure everything is in line, tighten it up as much as you can. But while you're doing that, do that thing that you're able to do that 
usually your first AAU coach sees. He goes, oh, he runs really fast. Hey, you go out there. I'm not, we're not going to work on any fundamentals and different things. You go do that thing that you do really good. Yeah. That's what I want you to do. And you got to keep that, and then you work on it uh, on the other stuff. And the coaches help out as well. Yeah, to me, he, he is not getting back to that one thing he does well, and that's to play defense and to rebound. And he wasn't a great rebounder in college, but at the pro level, I mean, he's been all over the board. I think his, his game the other night, he had three rebounds. You're going up against Andre Drummond on Saturday, and all of a sudden you're going up against pretty much the best yeah. rebounder in the game right now. Right. Uh, and he outweighs you by 40 pounds. And so what do you what do you use? I use my quickness. Exactly. I use my speed. I use my athleticism. And yeah. that's, that, that's the one thing that Willie has, that he's a strange package because he's more athletic and probably more uh, put together than Anthony Towns. Anthony got a little clunkiness to him where – Willie has a little more smoothness to yeah, him. Yeah, he's fluid. He is. But if you don't use it, I hear you. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. So he he you know, he, he's a work in progress as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this this week's uh NBC Sports Kings Insider podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll have a guest uh we you know, the Kings have been out of town every single week and it's very difficult to get guests from the team when they are out of town. Um, but we we'll, needed a guest. You yeah. should have just told me, man. I could have called Peja, Vlade, somebody. I'd have got you a guest. There it is. There it is. We'll, <laughs> we'll start using Doug as the guy, the conduit. Not to so get us, much. Get yeah. Uh, and you guys can throw it out there. Who do you want Doug to get? I mean, I think he can call Lawrence Funderburk. We can get Fundy. Yo, Boogie, here. not a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll find someone to get uh, for next week. So that's going to do it for this edition of the NBC Sports Kings Insider podcast. For Doug Christie, I am James Ham. We'll see you next week. Go Kings! Win your share of $1 million all season long with a Bet Rivers Beat the Spread Challenge. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to start winning. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Playable in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call 1 888 532 3500.